Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, guys, here we are. Uh, Post game show, Celtics Nets. We'll get into the game a little bit. We've got a little bit of a developing situation. After the game, we're going to talk out uh, as well involving Kyrie Irving. Um, so welcome in here, uh, Bobby Manning, Jimmy Toscano. Wow. Um, People a lot are firing of, in quickly here. Yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about for sure. Um, one of the things we want to discuss, and we're going to do this right now. We're going to put this up here just so you see it. We're not going to spend all our time talking about it. <clears throat> but this is video um, just sent to us from Josue Pavone uh, from TD Garden. Um involving Kyrie Irving leaving the court again. The Nets beat the Celtics here. This is starting to make the rounds a little bit on Twitter, so I'm going to go ahead and play it here. Okay, check it out here. Kyrie leaving. Watch the tunnel. Watch the tunnel. Okay, watch the tunnel. There he comes. And something comes down, boom. Water bottle right there. Guy in a jersey. Really pumped. He's really pumped. Yeah, uh, and some he did a, little, did a little pump fit, fist pump. Yeah, really fist pump. Some guys really proud of themselves. I hope it was worth it. I really do, because yeah. he's never going to be allowed back. Yeah, the but there it is. His life. So that's what happened. Uh, we'll play it again later as we're talking about it. But uh, pretty freaking stupid and unfortunate. Idiotic. Uh, idiotic. I mean, anyway. So now this is going to be a huge. <clears throat> freaking thing that guy did did nobody any favors that guy should be forget so that guy's obviously going to be banned from td garden that guy should be banned from from boston like get the ship him out seriously yeah f off okay arrested enough okay enough my god what a Douche. I mean, just uh, across basketball this week, what a disgrace. What a freaking disgrace. Yeah, like the peak of entitlement and just like the worst side of sports. Who are you guys? Who let this guy in? Get the f*** out of here, man. This this notion that you have the entitlement to like do whatever you want or say whatever you want because you paid the ticket. Like it's been there 
for a long time around sports and the way it's just unleashed itself this week, like in every single arena, it feels like around the NBA. And now, you know, it's all the stuff we've talked about here with Boston's going to come back up. Uh, again, after Kyrie said that, the Garden had to be holding itself to a high standard to avoid everything we've talked about. And now, yeah, fist pump. I'm looking at it again. Friggin' disgraceful. So stupid. What, a, what, what, like, uh, what was going he, I'm, I'm going to assume that guy is, must be wasted. I mean, what an idiot. I mean, how dumb do you have to be? Really? Like, Anyways, like you said, we can't. We're not going to. We're not spend the whole time. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to circle back to this. This yeah, just well, sure. happened. We just got sent to us, so we'll get some comments. Had, I'm sure we had to put well, it out looks there. Like, uh, uh, looks, looks like he got arrested. He just yeah. got put in handcuffs. I saw in a video. <laughs> I mean, good. I mean, good. That's that's assault, brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. So here, people are going to be talking about. Uh, you know, Let's get into the game. We'll circle back to this as we kind of see more stuff about it. I'll play the video later on. We get more people in here just to kind of show everybody uh, what's going on, uh, and uh, and and that's what it is. But uh, as far as the game itself, this one's a tough one to kind of get Oof. mad about. Um, Come on, John, that's soft. You want me to get mad? I mean, they gave up 150 points. I think it's okay to be a little disappointed by the defensive effort. Yes, I understand I, that you're talking about Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. But once again, Kyrie Irving embarrassed the Celtics. And that's what Kyrie Irving does. I mean, he always brings his A game against Boston. And those guys were on fire tonight from start to finish. They were just whipping the ball around, running the same plays. I mean, even the, even the broadcasters are saying they, they've run the same play about five or six times now, and they keep scoring on it. So I don't know if this was a if this is going to be a game where uh, fans are coming at Brad again. Probably. So uh, feels like we that can happens we can now. guess what this is. It's going to be Brad in the second quarter lineup. Which let's play it. Uh, I'll they be, went I'll, very deep. That yeah. I mean, I'll, guys I'll coming out of left field. Advocate. I'll play devil's advocate here. Okay. I didn't love it. I didn't love it either, John. Yeah. What's your devil's advocate? What else are we supposed to like? There's only so many players on the team. Who is he going to go to on the yes, bench? But, but, feel good it, about? but it's it was a full bench lineup. It was Tatum yeah. and uh, who, who was it? Semi Grant, um, Pritchard, Pritchard, and who was the fifth? Romeo. Man Romeo, Romeo played a lot tonight. Yeah. Oh well, Romeo's a starter on a night like this, so that's where what you say comes that's the play, thing John. Is, um, that's where. But it was. at the same time. They went very deep in terms of you had legitimately ten guys playing. Grant and Semi together. Line is reason enough to, to lose your job. Yeah, because it's the same thing we've talked about with Semi. They dipped them in there and then pulled them right back out for the rest of the game. Yeah. And that was yeah. that was probably the adjustment Brad was talking about. I guess I, I just you went deep. I mean look uh you know watching guys walk past um you know Kobe I mean Kobe Jesus uh walk drive past Tristan Thompson and Jabari like they were you know just standing still. I mean just a disaster quarter. I mean, we talked about this before we came on, John. It was a one-point game outside of the second quarter. The Celtics played incredibly well on this one, especially on the offensive side of the floor. Uh, Tatum was stupendous. So that rotation there legitimately could be honed in on in terms of, like, why did you go to Semi in that spot? Because Semi in particular was a disaster there. Got scored on a couple times, lost the ball inside on a drive. But I, I don't I think did anything of yeah, value. I know. It's just you're watching guys literally, like I said, is, you know, you get how many times did Tristan get caught on a switch there and uh, 
and and literally someone just walked right by him you know like it the was, rim protection was really bad in that was, frame as well it was bad uncontested layup uncontested layup uncontested layup uncontested layup we lost jimmy so here he is back again yeah hard and uncomfortable well, out there which is not what you want to see sorry jimmy we just lost you for a second um yeah no i froze completely yeah. froze. anyway um I'm no, I think it's I think it's fair to be mildly frustrated with the defense. You got to consider the competition on the other side, but uh, they, they the level yes, at which they let the do. Nets score on them was enormous. I mean, the Nets have never scored this many points in playoff history. They were getting they were getting to the hoop with, in my opinion, way too much ease. I mean, I know that they're I know that I'm they're going back to my hard foul thing. Like they're some of the best at getting to the hoop, but man, they were they were getting there pretty easily. Yeah. It felt like, yeah, John and John, you're right. I mean. There was, some, there was there was some healthy chippiness going on in the in the end of that game there, but prior to that, again, like yeah, I mean, where's the you know physicality down low? I mean, Durant Durant is pretty much chirping all, up and down the court like he's like you know middle finger in the air to the Celtics. I mean, again, kind of Celtics kind of got punked on their own punked. on their home court. They let Kyrie coming in for a they follow got him back. Yeah, dunk. I mean they they gave up one forty one points punked. in a playoff game. Absolute yeah. punk. Absolutely punked. Punched. Whatever word you want to use, uh, embarrassed, and you know, most likely Brooklyn will just finish gen- again. Gentlemen, sweep. I think a lot of us said the Celtics might be good for one win in this series, and you know, credit to them. I, I I thought they played with a ton of you know fight and energy in Game Three, but tonight uh, you can't listen. You can't outscore the Nets if you don't play defense. Then you you know you're gonna have a game like this. Yeah, you dropped 126 points. You still lost by 15 because you're not gonna ever just go offense toe-to-toe with the Nets. They're just so, way too talented. So this is uh, – there's still a lot of stuff coming through on Twitter. It looks like before Kyrie walked off the court and that incident happened, he walked to half he court and did Celtics like thing. a yep, – I'm looking yeah, at it right now. Did what like a do? stomp on the leprechaun. Walks out to half court. This doesn't justify getting Show shit it. thrown at you. Um, but he Show walks off. I'll pull it up. I'll, I'll, I'll get the video for us. Um, and um, he walks off. Uh, and stomps on uh, on the leprechaun, nice. which, you know, how about this? Yes, no one should throw anything li- at any player ever. But also, f you, Kyrie, because you know that's yeah, that's that's disrespectful. This right. it's its own it's thing. Like, immature. Don't, don't play the uh, nice. Don't play right. the. It's let's just keep it to basketball and this and that and go in there and we're all friends and no hard feelings and then go friggin' do that. You know. At the same time, I'm not gonna like pout about it because like I'm you know, either. just take it out on him little, next game yeah right it's it's you know a little gamesmanship you know it's a little little jab and again it's not if you don't if you it's don't not. like it, it it's garbage you do that after the game after the game by i've yourself. never not, seen anything not like before that before the game and set a statement like your to or something yeah None of that stuff after the game when you just buried a team by 30 who's down three starters and you're on your way to brooklyn and no one can challenge you on it you go there and <laughs> Eh, you know, give me a break. Well, it was it was after he dropped what forty or whatever he scored tonight. I mean, the guy, what the guy, the guy just dominated. Joke. So, all right, my, I'm playing my, it. My issue is just you want to see it. Yeah, you want to see it. That's it. That's it. Little stomp. Little stompy. Yeah, so, you, you, you don't get what it's all about. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's two straight guy. games. He's, he's I guess it's two it. straight games of booze, and it's just the up got you back. I mean, what can you say? I mean, the Celtics came out and 
just got destroyed in this one. So there's not much you can say. But like you said, John, after the fact, rather than before coming in and trying to make that statement or something, that's especially when like he's he set up the battle with the fans there and everything like that. Like I just. His statement was what he just did to the Celtics. He just embarrassed them yeah. once again. I'm not talking about after the game. I'm talking about the performance that he just put on. That's that's the statement he made during the game. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? You know, again, they, these they're in all the position of power because they just murdered you. Like, you know what? You want you want to prevent him from stomping on the logo? Beat him. Beat them. Don't let him drop 141 points on you at home. But it's not like Put the fans back. <laughs> But it's not like the T.O. thing, as John compares it to, where, like, didn't some guy from the other team come through and deck Literally him? Literally, right yeah, he did. <laughs> was there. Yeah. You, the Celtics couldn't do that. Oh, no one could stop him. Now he gets to go home. And now, you know, obviously. Like, and I know. guess that that's, again, it doesn't excuse what the fan did. But did that, like, did the fan, like, see that and be like, oh, I have this guy. Like, Who knows? Again, I'm not going to sit here. And yeah, I'm not going to do that game. either. But Yeah, what also. What, yeah, what, I don't think know, the fan was really thinking about much. No, but it's, you know, like I said, this can be mutually excused. You guys want to see, some people want to see it again. I'll play it one more yeah, time. Yeah, let's see it because it kind of skipped. I think. It skipped right. a little bit. Give me a second. I'll load it up one more time. Um, and so you guys will see it here. Um, and again, this is cell phone video, so it's not going to be ideal. Um, just give me a second. I'll play it. Who took it this? Is Joe Sway again? On, on Joe Sway, uh, no, this was someone DMZ? else. Here we go. I'm putting it up here, leaving our mics on. We can talk over it. Sorry. That's it. And again, we'll skips right on the head, right on the head. That's it. He walks over and he gives a little boop and then he takes yeah. off. Yeah. Is a little it, subtle. I don't yeah. know. Is that little something that he, is that something that he does after games goes and steps at half court? I have no idea. Probably. I don't know. We're going to find out it has something to do with his native American. Uh, I'm just kidding. I honestly yeah, don't know. Like I, I really don't know, but it's, it's more kicks. It's just Kyrie going in there and just doing what he does. No, but like, not, he's, he's the king of the jabs. He's the king of the little jabs. Like he know he knows how to get under your skin. Yeah. It's not, not a you, ton. but people, he knows how to get under, under Celtics fans skins clearly. But it's I, listen, I thought the Celtics, fan, I mean, aside from that idiot, I thought that the fans were pretty loud. I mean, I thought they, you know, were, certainly hear those boos and, the Celtics came out and won that first quarter in convincing fashion. It was a great performance all around. And I know you were blown away by Romeo start, John, and an overall solid performance from him. The I mean, defense, can... that's obviously why he started. You wanted guys to be able to man up there, and he did. And he had he, he did a decent job there on Harden. Um, that was the most you could hope for. Um, you know, there's something there, man. You know, like – I don't think I still don't think it's a lost cause. There's enough there. He just needs. Refinement. I thought he was the best role guy on the team by far tonight. When he Tatum was, was getting needs, doubled, I thought Neesmith was awesome too. He came in late. late. Yeah, late. Yeah, that's what I mean. Late. Yeah. So Langford came in for real minutes and set a tone. And even through that second quarter, when it was still relatively close before it really went off the rails, there, when Tatum was getting. Doubled as we expected. That was an easy adjustment. The Nets were going to make double him every time or close the lane on him. Weak side, I thought he was able to hit some shots. And more importantly, I thought he just didn't settle in those spots. He would get into the lane and draw some free throws. Overall, at the end of the day, he finishes two or six. Not great, but I, I saw a few flashes there. In Again, the first he needs half. skill refinement. Okay. Yeah. He's got to, he literally needs just to practice 
basketball things, you know, mm-hmm. like just and that's what jump, you lose. Jump when shot, jump shot, jump shot. You're injured and you're not in there all the time. A, a thousand jumpers, a thousand threes, you know, get his body right. Come in in phenomenal NBA shape, like play nonstop basketball. Come in a thousand percent. There's something there. There's something there. I think is, I is think. he a fit though, in terms of alongside Tatum, alongside Brown, alongside he is because he doesn't demand the ball. I mean, he's, he's, just a, got, he's a three and D guy, right? I mean, is he? Is the, that's my question. He's not the three. Is the three there. Get there. I mean, is he's that the goal? Though? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's yes. what you're hoping. So in I that think that's what he's going to have to be. Yeah, and then what I mentioned on locker room after game three, you would like to see a little bit of playmaking and passing on top of that because that's what they need, the secondary playmaking. I want to see the slashing. Yeah. Well, that's um, I, that's what I see right now in terms of like what could be a strength for him, cutting and slashing and uh, just the swiftness toward the basket. I think he flashes that uh, routinely. And even on the shooting. Can he just run the baseline like Avery did on some yeah. back cuts? A little no, this bit. Is, remember we compared him to Bradley earlier that. this year? Well, we compared Neesmith a little to Bradley. Oh, um, that's right, yeah. Uh, but but I think you could kind of combine that where he could do that, just constantly moving, running the baseline there, being able to finish in there on the rim, uh, recognizing some matchups, taking some guys off the dribble. The li- I was saying the mid-range. I think he's got to be able to get by people and get those little pull-ups and those stops uh, and get himself to the rim and then just shoot respectably, 36%, 37%. From, from you know on corner threes you're fine you know i mean that'll that's that's enough to create space and to to work here but you know i'm not i feel like we're ducking an obvious uh you know uh, uh, you wanna, do you want to continue the john was right tour is that where i don't want to take a victory lap over it i just that's where you're going with this i'm not but look what happened tonight they missed rob we knew they were going to miss rob and they were without um kemba so they didn't miss kemba but he was out Okay, so Kemba tonight is out with this bone bruise situation. And so right when he said bone bruise, uh, I was like, huh, bone bruise is one of those like fake injuries, okay? Like for soreness, basically. Something hurts, right? Yeah. It's a bone bruise. Soreness, okay? Soreness in that left knee, whatever you want to call it. And um, so. Bad. Very, very bad news. He played. Yeah, this, this was really bad because look. It would have been better if they made it through the whole year and Kemba didn't have any starts and stops with that knee. You're you're two games away from the end of the season. If you're ever talking about trading this guy, okay, this just completely blew up. But listen to Brad stutter through this answer uh, on how – okay, so the question with Kemba was, oh, an injury, he a bone bruise, usually a contact injury. Nobody saw it. We've never seen video of it. We have no idea when it occurred, right? Nobody. Nobody's like, oh, he banged his knee there, right? He just started feeling sore, and they called it a bone bruise. And then he played, and he felt way more sore. And here's Brad asking, just listen to him kind of hem and haw here, talking mm-hmm. about the injury. Hey, Brad, just back in Kemba for a moment. When did he actually injure the knee? Um, he was – he – so there was a – there was a moment. I don't know what the – exact moment was but he said felt it in the in game two uh had three days off in between game two and game three but was really you know uh, he has his full knee um work that he does in between each day and each game uh and then you know the the bone bruise on top of that um and then was more sore after friday's game um 
than he was even before um, that. You know, felt good enough to play. Didn't feel very good yesterday. Was hoping that that would dissipate today and didn't feel much better this morning. Um, he, um, uh, uh, <laughs> Putting on his dancing a, shoes. There was a moment where he felt it. Uh, this it, sucks because this is what you're so- avoiding. This is what you tried to avoid all year. And you're not playing back-to-backs in the playoffs. So it's like all of us – now it's like, okay, maybe – and, John, the other thing you talked about was like this pain, uh, he's acting like it's kind of been a thing this yeah, season. Yeah, the follow-up was – so is it this, you know, because um, this was funny. The press conference starts with, you know, someone asks for injury updates. Then you get like, a, yo, isn't it going to be awesome to have a crowd question? And then <laughs> Murphy's like, yeah, wait a second yeah. about this Kemba thing. When did he get hurt? You know, and he's like, uh, uh, uh. Right. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. So he, he And then the follow up of- to that, and I didn't play it because it was too long and I didn't want to put everybody to sleep. The follow up was, so was it the injury or the soreness? And he's like. A little bit of both. Right. So, again, Brad's kind of revealing that sore, soreness in and around the knee is a thing they've been managing as part of his regular management here, and that that knee situation coupled with this bone bruise. Flare up and this, that, and the other flare thing. up that something has – something, something. So the disheartening thing here is, you know, we talked about this whole season being clean. Mm-hmm. And will he come – one, is he tradable in the offseason? Two, does he come back next year? And uh, start playing back to back. Does he ramp up? Is he does? Is he past this? You know, like is he going to spend the rest of his career not playing back to backs in forty and fifty games a year? You know, that's not great. Um, what do you do now? I I think they've never been able to do less than than today because, like you said, I mean, when you when you have something like this come come up at the end of the season after you know after what, what I think we all say it was a successful season health-wise for Kemba Walker, yeah. even though he didn't play. But, like, there weren't any of these. There, this never happened all season. So you're, that's why you're thinking, well, maybe they maybe they, they can get a team to bite on, on some level. But now, I can't imagine there's one team that would even pick up the phone if, if Danny Inch brought up the name Kemba Walker. I just – I don't know why they would. I mean, you have no idea what to expect finishing out the rest of the season. You don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. But this seems like something – and John, credit to John. I mean, he was kind of like his biggest fear – it I'm not like taking that, a victory lap. No, you're not, but it does seem like something that is yeah, going to stick around. It's going to linger, I guess. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. If it if that does end up happening, you end up in a position where you'd have to pay a premium to dump him somewhere. You have to pay and, to get rid of him. Yeah, that was right. always my fear. Right. Is like, you know, degenerative means what the dictionary says it means. That's truly what he has. Degenerative doesn't get better. So I didn't think he took a magic pill and all of a sudden was like, oh, I'm good. But you could ma- – theoretically, the hope was you manage for the, at least the length of his contract, you know? Like you yeah. manage it enough where you're getting a useful version of him. But a flare-up after a 42-game regular season and a couple of games in the playoffs is crap. Not a bad – You know, bad that's situation. basically halfway yeah. through a regular season. The knee, uh, the knee flares up again. That's terrible. You know, yeah, yeah, this postseason series was a disaster from his end because we saw even from the very beginning he wasn't able to impact in any way. He became a detriment in the series, and uh, 
I, like to some degree, John, you're right. Was like, who knows when it happened or when it flared up? Was it a practice? Was it in game two? Because he appeared on the injury report after game two, going into game three, played through game three. And the question we asked late in that game is if you know he's not feeling great, you see him struggling immensely. Why is he out there late in that game? Because you almost lost game three because of him too at that point. And like, if this is where it's headed, you do have to start to consider that um, dump scenario. I don't know if there'll be a buyer. You might have to get creative and with you it. Know, yeah, that's the hard part. Is you got to get the salaries, get to work. I mean, you got to find a team willing to, you know, every every buyer. But needs again, to, they to went eight. It. They went eight and three without him at the beginning of the year. It's not this. I know so once he came buyer. back, it felt like they couldn't get a win when he was gone. Uh, but the way they had everything set up at the beginning of the season, they were in a good place without him. And it felt like just the imbalance of him moving out, him moving in, getting him his rhythm, trying to play different styles that suited him or suited other guys and bouncing back and forth between those things. That's what started to instill the instability of the season. And now the end of the season is becoming the same exact story. It's like, oh, geez, our rotation was built around Kemba for the last two, three months. And now we're completely starting over and trying Parker and trying Romeo and trying Semi again. Like it's just this instability due to his uh, lack of reliability in terms of being out there. Yeah. It's a real yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, Parker was solid today. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, we're going to, well, let's table the Kemba stuff. We'll bring in Joe Sway from the garden. Um, Joe Sway was there. Um, Joe Sway um, shot the video there, right? Of, uh, of, of, uh, what up, Joe? Water bottle situation. Yes, he did. He sure did. He sure did. So, um, <laughs> Josue, I'll let you talk through it because you were there. You you were just happened to be shooting them leaving the court, and you're like, "Oh, let me grab this." Yeah, you know. And, and then that knew. that happened, or did you see him touch the center court and was like, you know, "Oh shit, might pop so off." I wanted to see if the buddy buddy moment would happen, right? You know, let, let's see if, if if he goes to dap up any, anybody, you know, at the end of a of a win. And two things I, I got I recorded that I didn't expect him to do. Yeah, he, he ran out there, stomped on the logo, which I didn't think much of it until I, you know, you know, when you record, you take a step back, like, wait, wait, did he just do that? And I just kind of kept rolling from there because I wanted to see, obviously, making his way to the tunnel. There were a group of fans waiting for him. Then came the bottle, I guess, is what's being reported. At the time, I couldn't exactly make out what it was, if it was a beer or not. But obviously, it was something that uh, that um, came towards his direction. And he sort of kept it moving. Then he, he uh, came right back out of the tunnel, looked up. And security was already all over it. Um, that continued for quite some time. The uh, perpetrator was arrested, and as of right yeah. now, there's still uh, security still in the half circle now, just trying to just discussing what's going to happen. All right, cool. I'm putting it up, Josue. So here was the video. This is just a water bottle portion, and there's Kyrie. You know, he's not here. Coming, it's coming. Bam. Good aim. I mean, that's not a good thing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and then the guys, the, the guys guy all pretty pumped up, up and fist humping. Yeah. yeah, and then I think he was yeah, like, oh, "Wait, shit. way to point yourself out there, buddy." <laughs> yeah, that was just. Yeah, he he didn't have any enthusiasm when they took him out in the cuffs. But, yeah. Did that guy? Did that guy he was wearing a basketball in... jersey, right? Yeah, he had a uni. Oh, I don't know what which jersey. It looked like a Nets. It was a it was a, gar, it was a Garnett jersey, number five. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you can see that. No, there was a close up of him. There was a close up of him getting arrested. Later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking he was that, just wearing a sure. basketball knew, jersey without like anything underneath it, which I always thought is a, just a weird move. Yeah, yeah it was, was just to wear the jersey. 
I, I just did he not hear the last three to four days of dialogue around the series and the city and all that stuff? It's just like ambivalence. Like I, I can't even fathom it. Yeah, that's another point for Kyrie. I hate to say it, guys. I mean, this is exactly what he was talking about. And you know, after we were all game, worried this was gonna happen. Game, it was like, will Boston will someone in Boston double down on this just because of the like give and take there and the conversation around it and just like, oh, we're gonna come down even harder on him. Game three was great. And I think Kyrie even said after the game, like, not like credit to the fans, but like we kept to the basketball, it was all good. And now it's back to square one, which I guess he was right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, so not so that happened. Just wait, get into some. Talking about the fan. Not yeah, just wait, get into the rest of the game. What do we see? Um, you know, that second half, guys, I mean, the, the, the third quarter when Kevin, when Kevin Durant, it was just it was just too much for these guys, I think, you know, defensively and on the offense, you know, you saw them try to find the rhythm, but they just, just couldn't do it. And as for the as for the fans, I mean, when you got the fans towards the tail end of the national anthem singing verbatim, you just sort of knew what sort of vibes was going to be here. And that boat, well for the Celtics and no, no, in, in the sense of, of, of sticking around, you know, these guys, this fan base stuck around to the end. But um, in terms of the basketball game itself, man, I just think it was just the Celtics were just overmatched. I mean, they tried their best to compete and, and stick around. But, you know, even Evan Fournier, I thought, was someone that could easily, um, you know, tack on 20 in this one. But he had to fight for that 16 points. You know, same went for Marcus Smart. And second quarter, when they started double team in Tatum, I, I thought that was interesting because um, the, the Brooklyn Nets were able to create a little bit of space there heading into halftime. And that momentum, I think, just really, really took it to the Celtics because – they, they almost tacked on 70 points. You know, it was like game two vibes all over again, except for this time, um, you know, no Kemba Walker at least. And, and, and no, of course, no Jalen Brown. I mean, I just kept looking across the bench. I'm like, where's the offense going to come from? You know, at least Peyton Pritchard got a little bit of extended run there. I thought he did a decent job defending Kyrie Irving. But again, where was the offense going to come from? You know, three guys on the other team is combining for over 100 points. Just too so much. So, Josue, what do you – I, I just think this is so crazy when you think of how this game went, that it was a 101-100 to 100 game outside of that second quarter. Like, it, it, this That's game crazy. was close. The Celtics played great, but that second quarter just became such a disaster. It spiraled out of control in a way yeah. that made it a blowout. Like, what happened there? I mean, when when Kyrie Irving really got going, I just, you know, well, two things happened, right? Kyrie Irving got going, and Brooklyn Nets started to double-team Tatum, and – I know in most or other games throughout the course of regular season, we've seen when that happens, that he's, a, he's able to turn to other guys to step up. But this time it just wasn't the case. You know, Evan Fournier, one of the first times, he managed to put a wild three-point play together, which I thought was like, okay, you'll, you'll take that. Um, Romeo Langford hit one as well from, from, from those same situation where he gets doubled and he just tries to find the open guy. But, I mean, there's just, that's just not the two guys you want to have when you're getting doubled. And, again, if you don't have another guy out there who's going to put up 20-plus 20, 20 points, I mean, if you're Brooklyn – you have to double Tatum. Why not? And even though Tatum managed to still score 40 in this one, I mean, uh, again, that second quarter, and it, it was unfortunate too because historically, historically for that first quarter from from uh, what the Celtics did in the free throw line and the three-point line, like I believe, I think it was Jared Weiss who put it, um, it was it only the second time in, in Celtics playoff history that they put together a quarter like that where they were scoring double digits and free throws and, and, and that uh, efficient from, from behind the three. So, you know, it was sort of that perfect quarter, and, and they just couldn't come anywhere close to putting together a quarter like that, like the first. You can't outscore the Nets. You, like I said earlier on the show, Josue, 
if you're not gonna, doesn't go off in the second quarter. And I know you can say the what if a bunch about it. You know, no, you can say they, a bunch of what ifs, but I mean, they this team fought, man. Something's fought, especially in that first half. I thought they fought, if, but they gave up about a hundred uncontested layups. You know, exactly. Um, it was way too easy. Well, to part, of that, part of that's part of that's. I thought that was more in the second half, but yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, also no, like I mean that second quarter, like. Every Thompson got caught on a switch like four times, and just somebody walked by him. And then Fournier one on one on Harden got oh, friggin' toasted a couple of times. Jabari once or twice. The first time Jabari popped out on Durant, Durant's like, yeah. straight line <laughs> dunk. You know, like there was literally at second quarter, I think there were like eight friggin' layups. In in the half court, you know well, that's what we that's said. Brad went really cr- deep into the bench in that second that quarter. That is crazy how easy that was for them. Crazy. Yeah, you saw a lot. You saw some Grant that quarter. But that's to me is like you know he tried a little zone, try you know you know the constant switching, whatever it was was no. But Brad lineup. said something interesting. I think Jimmy said it. We tried making adjustments, and the adjustments were worse. Like what does that say? Like the fact that they were the original game plan seemed to work well. And I know you got to get in your rotations a little bit, and these guys can't play 48 minutes, and that's ultimately where you saw the difference between these two teams. But it felt like it was, like you just said, John, a guessing game to some degree. What can we get from Semi here? What can we get from Parker in the spot? And I really think they got away from Pritchard a little bit too much again. This was an opportunity where you just have to give him a little bit of free reign. Let him shoot those uncontested jumpers. Let him be aggressive out there and make some mistakes because at the end of the day, you'd rather have him and his shot out there than Semi and you know Parker and all that stuff. Like that refusal, we said it yet uh, after game three. The three, fact yeah. that you'll go double big and not go triple guard is just stunning. It's like, bizarre. It's just it's what you have right Especially now. The way the league is going to insist the double big was a good idea for 20 games and not play a, a, a three-guard lineup is, is bananas. It's just banana land, you know? <laughs> yeah. And not true. only double big, double, like, true big. You know, like, not like double big, like one of them's like a like full big yeah. who's really a seven-footer who just right. – who's a guard no, in a seven-footer's body. You play guys who are like, you're, you know – Brad played Grant and Thompson together for a large stretch of that uh, middle portion of the game again. So that that like desire to have size out there, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like they, you don't have the wings at this point because of Brown being down, and you don't have the bigs when Rob's down. So you have to lean on your guard depth a little bit, and that is something you actually have right now. Uh, not great rotations. I think Brad gets somewhat of a pass just because of how decimated the roster is right now. But, right. again, it was a game that felt like it could have been competitive that just got completely thrown off by one rotation, seemingly. When you look at the also, yeah. What's amazing, the, though, despite that, the, Bobby, they were still in it, actually. Like, yes. they were only down 13 at the half after that dismal second quarter yeah. and, and shooting 35%. The net shot 60%. Their big three had 59 points between them. Tatum and Fournier each went three of 10 um, from the field in that half. And they were only down 13. Like that wasn't bad. But then again, bang, 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 third quarter onslaught, like Joe yeah. Sway said, 26 and 26 points and done. You know, that was it. Yeah. yeah. And even that run too, where I was like, what is this lineup you put together, you know, to open the second quarter? 
they kind of survived that, right? <laughs> it you, felt you like thought, summer league. It felt like a summer league lineup. It did, and I, it wasn't going to shock me if they came out of the timeout and it was the same lineup. But fortunately, uh, you know, Brad switched things up. But yeah, you know, they survived that. But obviously, he's got to get extra creative here. You know, he's trying his best and. I don't know if I could fault Brad for this one, but that was the only part of the game when I was just like, whoa. Bro. No, no same, it's hard, to, it. it's hard to fault any. When you come into a game without Kemba, Rob, and Brown, Man. this is probably the best you could have expected. And you can second guess every little thing, but at the end of the day, that second quarter was really all about Durant, Harden, and Irving spotting up over guys again and again and hitting everything, which a lot of those times I didn't even feel like it was bad defense. Parker a couple of times, hands in the face. Uh, staying right with guys. I thought Grant did some good things through that stretch defensively, and they just shoot over everybody and score at will. I'm still surprised they put up 126, honestly, guys, in all seriousness. I mean, 126 without Kemba and, you know. Uh, the, no, the, the offense was really good. Yeah, it was. You know, it's, it's just it's just too bad because this is, you know, it's the Brooklyn Nets. It's just a tough team for them to go up against, and um, they were clearly overmatched, and, you know, I just think about what Brad said about those, you know, scoring 110. And once, once, once Brooklyn was flirting with 70 or whatever that was over 70 at, at the half, I was just mm-hmm. like, unless they can limit these guys to 20 in the third quarter, which I really don't think was possible. I didn't think it was possible at the time. I was like, I just don't see how they're going to be able to keep up. Like the pace that Brooklyn Nets were scoring at was just they, they were they were off to the races, and Celtics was just trying to trying to keep up, doing their best. No, you were right about the Nets, Joe Sway. It was when that engine got revving again, and you. Lost the benefit of the doubt of a good Irving game, and they started double-teaming Tatum a little bit more so he couldn't get to 50. If he gets to 50 in this one, which he probably could have if it wasn't for a bunch of doubles and traps in the lane, uh, this is probably a much closer game, and instead you had a bunch of off-ball misses by the Celtics role guys, which I I thought Tatum was fantastic in this one. like Probably just as good as last game, and he got shown different looks defensively, and that's what accounted for the 10-point. Yeah. Well, I thought the officiating was just brutal. Like, getting away with shoving him off his ground and, you know, Thompson gets knocked to the floor on another play and Evan Fournier just gets completely bumped to the ground on another hard and drive in the lane. Last two games have been frustrating officiating. Tatum gets called for a tech. um, Ridiculous. For nothing. And, yes, he complains. And, yes, he should stop. And I don't think he's doing a good job with the refs. But uh, Durant – Durant's doing the whole stuff with Durant's smart. Durant's yeah. all friggin' game. Durant literally talked to talk, talked to the refs tonight like more more than he played. Like he he was in their ear all friggin' night, complaining, chirping. Give me a break with that. That was ridiculous. Frustrating. Yeah, hey, Joe Sway. Speaking of, we were talking about Durant earlier. It looked like he was getting pretty chippy with the uh, with everybody on the Celtics. I mean, he yeah. was. He was in their ears, and I think Marcus Smart literally had to like tell him to go away. <laughs> yeah, he was point. getting into it. He got into it with, with, with Thompson a bit, and Thompson was just like, "Yeah, I'm not even. Don't even try it. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not buying the bait." And yeah, he was. It was just. I, just, I think the fans. It's, set it's the funny tone. that Durant's that guy. I honestly think the set. The, I think the fans set the tone, man. I don't know why. It just really cracked me up when he came out here to shoot around and. I've seen Durant quite, you know, when he was playing with the, the Warriors, even before that. Like, he has this specific routine. He gets his threes up, and mm-hmm. the fans are just not letting him just have any peace, man. I, I, I thought that just struck a chord with him, and I think he just kept that energy all all night long. Um, I don't know if you saw the video, Jimmy, but it was just like every time he bricked, they, they booed. I mean, they cheered, and they were just like, uh, I forget the chant exactly. It was just like, 
We hate KD. I think that was it. We Something hate like KD. Every, throughout the entire warm-up. This was like probably like a five, six-minute I didn't see thing. that. That's funny. Well, yeah, this is before. He goes out there by himself, and then uh, every every miss, they cheered, and every make, they booed. <laughs> and then he on his way out, they booed him right down, right out the tunnel. And I was just like, okay, it's going to be one of those nights. That's awesome. Yeah. But that sometimes that, you know, can have an adverse effect than what you want. Cause, you know, exactly. Sometimes guys, you wake the beast. You these guys the beast, love yeah. being the bad guys, man. I mean, they they don't, like they always say, like, they don't boo nobody. You know, some guys, they, they love being in that hostile environment. And uh, I'm sure probably – you know, one of those things where, you know, obviously they haven't been able to feel that much this season at all. And this probably snapped him back to like, oh, yeah, here we like, let's do this. Like, you know, playoff game and like going into yeah. the Lions den and, you know, and they, like I said, they took a dump all over you today. The Nets just mm-hmm. did, they just, they, they did their thing. And now they're just going to probably finish it off in Brooklyn. I, I do think the one thing you take out of this in, as a positive from the Celtics is the way Tatum responded as a facilitator i thought he got guys quality looks i thought he was able to still focus on scoring at a high rate while not running into those traps and turning the ball over and doing those he did all he could do yeah and this is why i i thought the series could still be competitive from that standpoint like i thought the nets defense would be completely unbalanced and be vulnerable to attacks and things of the like uh, but once you got deeper and deeper into the Celtics rotation, you just see how devastating right. that can be for them. So I want to move to this then because I, I don't disagree. Okay, I want to move to Fournier. I've had a lot of people asking about this, uh, and we've talked about it. But, okay, yes, fine. As a fourth, third or fourth fifth option, fifth option, absolutely has value here. Do you pay a fifth option on your team $20 million this offseason um, because you can't find anything better? Like, I, again, it just seems like, are, are we really doing this thing? Like, when you watch Evan Fournier, does he look like a guy who can command? Like I said, he's a nice piece when, he, it's, when he's the fourth guy or the fifth guy. How many people's fourth guys are may- I, maybe I'm wrong. You look up and down rosters and maybe that's just the going rate, but how many people's fourth or fifth offensive option is making 20 plus million dollars a year? Yeah, but John, I think for the Celtics in this case, he's going to be your third option, right? I mean, let's be real. Well, uh, if we- Kemba's if Kemba's toast, um even if he's not toast, I mean, is, is Kemba still a 20 point scorer? Is he still a, a, a third option on this team, a third scoring option? He looked like a do we see him reduced to a smaller role? I'm not saying maybe he comes off the bench or not, but I, I, I am, think, and I've been saying it, but that's fine. Well, you need somebody to happen. replace him. It you need someone happen. to replace him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just think either way, I don't know if he's if that third spot is secured by Kemba. You know, and I think if you're the Celtics, you go into the negotiate, you go to the negotiation negotiation table, and you say, "Listen, man, if we're bringing you on, you're you're that guy." I think you have to use that to sort of cater to. To what Fournier wants to be at this stage of his career, you know, a, a third piece on a team that's competing in the East and you know constantly making the playoffs, you know, maybe that sways him from other deals that he's going to have to turn Look down. Look at the best teams in basketball, though, the, and 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 list and try to list off their third options. <laughs> Later, man. List and list their third options. Stop staring at me. I thought Chris Grenham. I thought he was security. Someone just staring at me. I felt it, and I looked over. Yeah. Again, Fournier. Topic list the best teams in basketball and then list their third options and you tell me if four if fournier stacks up no but that's not how you're managing your roster because at the end I'm of not, the day I'm just, they're going to be honest here yeah 
it's it's going to be another situation if you lose him where you're relying on Grant and Romeo and Eastwood and these guys. And again, I thought you saw some positive things from those guys, but what we've been saying all year is ideally you want to start swapping in talent at the bottom of the roster and replacing some guys that you think stagnated a bit here. In terms of Fournier, like the complete package here, I know it's been frustrating that he has struggled in this series, and that still goes into that notion through his career now that he's been one of the worst playoff guys statistically that you see in this league. But at the same time, we've seen through the whole package here that he's a great fit on this team, uh, an underrated defender to some degree, and an excellent off-ball shooter, which is exactly what they need right now. So, yeah, the price is high, but the price is high right now, too. So they paid a premium on them this year. I don't think it costs you anything in terms of other parts of the roster to make that deal. And as we know, the only two options if you let him go is just Carry that cap space forward two years from now or a TPE. Bobby, so no one can play, no one can play defense on um James Harden. So that's not a good barometer. Um, um but can he play defense? You, I you think so. Think, you seem to think he can, and I'm not sure. I've seen him fill in passing lanes. He obviously rotates and has size and can guard multiple positions. I think he has good hands. I don't think he's a lockdown guy by any means, but I think he's just a solid defender at that position and better than I expected. So all these things all these things just come together to me, and I think he's a really good fit for this team. I mean, what's the alternative here? You just carry that. You could carry that space two years from now. I mean, I think what you focus on a lot, John, is that bigger picture. And you say this all the time, like five years from now, what do you look like? And making some decisions that have short-term consequences, like possibly missing the playoffs this year, letting him go and having that cap space later, having a TPE again. Those are things that would really hurt you now and just cause, I think, an uproar in the next season, keep things pretty tense in the fan base and all that stuff. But it could lead to better things down the line. That's Kemba dumping question too. Like this this team's going to have to decide, do you want to compete next year or do you want to take another step back next year and set yourself up for the next year after that? I would rather – I would rather compete next year with the kids and the, and the guys you have than throw more bad money after bad money. Well, the other uh, thing I, is- I, I would. I would rather give Neesmith and Romeo a full year of 25 minutes a game, 20-something minutes a game off the bench and see what you have in them uh, than uh, throw another 20-something million at Fournier and have that as Kemba. I, I, I take it back. I'm not certain – I want to throw that at Fournier. I'm not certain I do. Well, the um, problem there is we're not certain these young guys. We're are not certain the kids are, that, yeah. are going to be great either. Like, is it worth investing to that degree? But you're only no. going to get. To I like that the short level. thing. You're going to get to that level if those guys get good. You're not going to get to that level because you locked down Evan Fournier for probably more money than he was worth to be your fourth or fifth option. Like, and if he is your third best player, you're not a finals team most likely. You're you're not. Mm-hmm. So that's the reality. Is if you need him so bad, you probably don't you're probably not going anywhere. That's, that's the downside. Um, so that's how I look at it is he might make them better, but exactly that is if what's it's better? that bad that you yeah. need him, right. What's better and how much better. Well, there'll be and- a competitive market for him this off season. As I look at the free agent list more and more, he is one of the bigger names out there. I don't know how big teams are going to be throwing money around given the cap I situation. Mean, yeah. I, but thought, don't be competitive I, saw I saw rankings recently where he was like right around like the 20th ranked free agent. He's not even close to a big ticket free agent. Like that's the thing is I, 
we threw 20 million out there, he might be a three and 30 guy. And in which case you have a different story. Like he might be a, That'd be you, perfect. Know, you know, that's a day. So I think the money, like, I think you've still got Daniel Tice as an $18 million player in your head. And that well, and no, in this case, it's what he's and you're, now. And, you're, and, you're, and, you're, and that's your scale. So if he's 18, smart is 22, 40 right. is 28, you know, like, but I, it might not be that. Like I said, the dumbest, the worst, the worst thing you could do in a, in roster management is overpay for middle class. Fournier is a classic middle right. class player and one who's aging. You know, like he is definitely. Well, we know they're not, not going to do it. Definitely not, not a guy people throw a lot of money at. That's a that is the right. worst business. He's a deaf guy. Oh, yes, he, he he would make a he would make a really good team into a contender because you need those depth depth guys, but. The Celtics aren't good enough with, like you said, the Celtics aren't good enough with him being like part of the, you know, mainstay. Like if he's a top three guy on the team or whatever, like that's not good enough. So yes, he does help you, and I think there will be a lot of teams interested in him for the right price. I think if you're talking twenty million for him, that's too high. I think ten's probably maybe somewhere in the middle. I think 10. I think this is honest. Right there, what 10, Tom put yeah, here, exactly. three forty-five seems closer to right. Yeah. Ken's not realistic. Again, it comes down to it comes down to three things. Where does he want to be? Which I think is a question we have to consider seriously consider, given how this has gone with him here. Does he like it here? Does he just want to go somewhere else because it's a better situation for him? Just because of how like up and down and tumultuous his team was this year. From the sound of he likes it, but you never really know from that. Um, he, it never feels like a guy who's making what seventeen now at this point is going to go down to ten or no. you know even below it. He's going to be shooting for more on another step up on the contract after a pretty good year here. And then you have that question of where the Celtics land on it. Are they going to come at it from a perspective of, all right, we invested the TP on this guy. We kind of have to invest on him no matter the cost here because it's a, it's kind of a dead sunk cost back to Hayward that you really don't want to come out of that empty. Because then at that point, it's four seconds, Gordon Hayward for nothing. Uh, another TP, a smaller TP right? at that point, yeah. <laughs> You can't yeah, do a sign and trade for all the reasons we've listed. Like they kind of, they kind of just have to pay him at least what he's making right now, which sucks because again, it's like it doesn't you, suck though. Like he, he's a good player. He's good, but I think he would help a better team. I think he belongs on a better team. So again, yeah, is there is there a better alternative for the Celtics here? Again, so you see what I'm saying? Neesmith. I think might the, not be, but I think you're better off. You really like Neesmith? I don't really like him. I don't really like. I don't really like Neesmith or Romeo to the point that you're their short things. I, I do. Yeah, he's just intrigued by them. But right? I honestly think, like, if the team's going to get to the next level, it's going to be because Rob has a full, healthy year, adds a little muscle, is a more complete player next year, and really becomes a player who's like he's legit your third best player, and it's not even close, and he's in the All Star conversation. And then well, these guys start yeah. to fill start to fill the lanes coming up with a little bit of promise, uh, a second year in a full off season where those are the teams you look at and be like, whoa, they got a couple good young guys here. I don't know if they're that, but I just don't think, I think Evan Fournier is a Band-Aid. I think if you get them for the right price, that's great. I think if there's a bidding yeah. war, you have to consider whether or not you want to have Fournier in the books for 20 plus and Kemba for another 35, two aging sort of guys that you're actually hoping to play out of your rotation not to continue to give minutes to you know you want to try to move past these guys and i think and a, so yeah yeah i think a good team will be interested in signing evan fournier and if, if it's the right team feels okay like i like what this role is i think this team is a 
you know, a contender. But we don't even know if he wants to come back to Boston. He might get a similar offer from a better team, you know, and or or, or I don't know if he's looking for, uh, you know, a role or if he's looking for, you know, wins or championships. I don't know where where he's really at. But um, again, I, I think it's it only it's only gonna take one or two teams to put that price up there. Yeah, it might. Um, I want to get back to. Um... Uh, Kyrie briefly, and again, recapping here, uh, the incident, um, somebody threw a water bottle at Kyrie. I'm hearing, I'm hearing there's multiple perpetrators now. I'm hearing the guy who supposedly threw it. It wasn't the one that walked out of here and cussed. Oh, okay. That makes sense with the whole jersey yeah. thing. Man. You got the wrong yeah, guy? He had, a, he had a, uh, an away jersey, it looked like. I, I thought, the wrong yeah. guy? I mean, it could be part of the same crew. I don't know how the how it works if, if you're associated with that person, but it looks like the, the investigation continues as to who actually threw it. Yeah, so I'm gonna do two things. We're gonna play um we're gonna play the video one more I'm gonna play the video one more time for everybody in case you haven't seen it. You probably have by now. We also have Kyrie uh comments. So again, here's the video. We'll leave our mics up here. Joe Sway's shooting it there at the garden. They might need Joe Sway's video for evidence here. They might it's very and clear. Boom, there yeah, it goes. Bang. There might, come, there might be right a back. subpoena. There might be a subpoena for Joe Sway. Yeah. You'll see Joe Sway in court. <laughs> Joe Sway uh, will take a stand here. Will you be a witness, Joe Sway? I mean, it's very obvious subpoena. who threw it. So I don't. I, I haven't Someone. seen a picture it's, of, of who they arrested. I haven't seen that. It's pretty obvious. Um, yeah. but, when, when uh, one guy got arrested for heckle, uh, for enticing the other guy to do it. Yeah. So these guys, uh, these guys uh, talked about it. Here's Kyrie talking about it afterwards too. Could you just um, walk us through what happened? I mean, did the fan yell at you? Did the bottle hit you? What What happened? It doesn't matter, honestly, Malika. It's just these actions, like I said, are historically relative. Uh, you know, when, when you think about just where we've come at, as a sport, uh, you know, it used to happen back in the day. Uh, a, a lot of older players went through it. Um, and any great person, great entertainer, performer uh, understands that when you're achieving something bigger than yourself, you know, you're going to have a lot of adversity, animosity, um, and you just got to figure out a way to deal with it. So tonight, I think we collectively dealt with it. Um, you know, anything could have happened with that water bottle being thrown at me, but you know, my brothers were surrounded around me. I had people in the crowd. Um, so just trying to get home to my wife and my kids. Oh, Kyrie got hitters, huh? Okay. <laughs> I had people in the crowd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> didn't, it, didn't it sound like that? It sound like you say, I, I got people. I don't know. Yeah. I got I protection. Know. I got my people. So No, this, I, I think what he says is right. Like this, yeah, we no, keep yeah. seeing this over and over again through sports over the years, and it's so puzzling. Yeah. Like you just keep having these questions asked of why people would do this, and it's it's very evident. It's just an entitlement thing. Like people go into the crowd and feel like they can do whatever they want and act however they want. And to some degree, like if we go back to the mouse at the palace thing, all the focus was on the players in that sense. But no, it, starts, a a it starts on with a giant yeah, thing right. of cup of ice falling on a guy. Like yeah. this is just. In the so real world, if you do this thing, you're getting punched out. Like you're getting, yeah, you're exactly. getting confronted, and the players aren't allowed to confront people, which is where that power imbalance. Here, here's comes another in clip. Here. Here's another Kyrie clip. Here, hold on. It's unfortunate, you know, that sports has come to a lot of this, uh, you know, kind of crossroads where you're seeing a lot of old ways come up. It's been part of like, the, it's been part of that. It's been 
that way in history in terms of entertainment, performers, and sports for a long period of time of just underlying racism and just treating people like they're in a human zoo. So, again, this idea that you can do whatever, whenever, just because you paid it to whomever, because you paid is it's, it's, it's absurd. Go back to Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart getting into it with a fan at Oklahoma State before the Celtics drafted him. Same yep. bullshit. The guy thinks he can get up in his, in his face and say whatever the hell he wants. Russell Westbrook uh, in Utah those years ago. Like, we just see oh, it again man. and again. Utah, right? Jeez. So, anyway, um. That's where yep. we're at with it, um, and this this story is going to continue to have legs. What do you guys think about the logo part, though? Again, nobody asked him about that, and that, that's the thing is the problem is if you I ask mean, it. I thought that was. If, a, I thought I thought Kyrie was above that. You know, if know. you ask him though during this situation, what's going to happen to you? Yeah, if there's two stories. You, and you look like a. Yeah. You look like a guy who's trying to say, "Did you did you deserve yeah. it? Did, did you right, dress? Right, How right. what what were you wearing? You know, like at the <laughs> yeah. club. Like you can't." It it is the very much like did you seriously? But that's it was kind of a no, perfect storm for him. That's yeah. the question because it reminds me of a, of a, a Dave Chappelle bit in his comedy. He had like the the, the it's, it's like you're like like what you're saying. It's like you're 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 sticking up for the for the perpetrator. Exactly, it's, it's exactly you're that. Gonna, it's you're like, gonna come off like, that it's, way. It's, it's you like need to treat the two. In, you need to treat them like right. two separate. They're things. separate, but you can't yeah. in this moment because it will sound like you're trying to say, "Did you deserve it? Did you do something that?" prompted the person to do it right. and then you're the asshole yeah, you can't they're yeah. separate yeah. but you can't do it right now <laughs> so that's where you're stuck if I'm just nobody throws of, a look at it this way if I'm nobody just thinking of pierce that, man pierce kissed that logo when he called it a career well, it's, it's such a it's such if a that asshole doesn't throw a bottle we could be burying Kyrie right now no, it, it's for, such for, a yeah, that right. act. You're right. and it's you can't a, do it because now that one guy, yeah, yeah. This sure. one guy makes it so he gets a pass for being a dink over that, and it's right. a bigger story, and justifiably so because it's happening everywhere in the NBA. Yeah, like this is faster. This and by is the way, where, the like, logo the... scene was was the the bottle scene was right after the logo scene. I, I'm seeing some comments here. People are like, "Oh, that was way before." No, he kissed the. I mean, kissed. I'm thinking of Pierce. He stomped the logo. Made his way to the tunnel, and that's when that's when the water bottle hit him. Right. Not deserving, though. So, I don't think he deserved that. This of course is... not. It's a separate story, but people <laughs> right. people could have given him shit and called him petty for right, that. Right, exactly. Now, yeah. now, you can't, now you can't, nor should you, because you you're, the missing, narrative. you're missing the point. And the point was, the, the fucking, these asshole fans are tossing shit yeah. at players, and you no, can't and, do it. And, and when it's been yeah. happening all week, you, you, you start to see, like, this becoming a... It's a, it's a perfect storm for Kyrie, because Kyrie always talks about this thing that, like, you got to look beyond basketball and like the way we view sports and all these things. And if you just look at it from that real life perspective, like how people interact with each other, the logo thing is just kind of the silly sports story and the yeah. cr crowd peppering people with popcorn and bottles and, and this and that and saying whatever they want to them is really like a longer story of interaction between you know, it largely is. white fans it is, and largely black it players. Came off, it just came off as petty to me. It was like, are you going to stomp in the logo? Really, Kyrie? Oh, That's what it was. Yeah, it was, it was petty. But this yeah, is the whole... It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a silly sports story. This is the yeah. whole Kyrie yeah. issue, right? It's the issue that was raised before. Does racism exist in sports, in, in America, in Boston? Is there a problem? Yes. That's clear, okay? Obvious. That that's a thing, okay? Is Kyrie Irving was Kyrie Irving legitimately afraid of that coming to Boston? I don't know. A lot of people question whether or not that was actually the case. In this case, is Kyrie Irving an absolute diva, faux intellectual drama queen dink? Yes. Yes, but does you he know deserve what he to have does? a water bottle thrown at him? Yeah. No. 
he never. makes people he makes people throw never. their ass even so though I don't want to I don't want to hear he's a jerk he deserves it that's freaking stupid he's yeah. a jerk that's over here right. nobody deserves to have shit thrown at them when they're out there freaking playing basketball like yeah. it's not the two things are separate you can hate Kyrie and think he's an asshole you can't want people to throw shit at him when he leaves the court it's ridiculous right. but again when we talk about Kyrie and how we evaluate who he is the reason people hate Kyrie is what he's done within the context of basketball. Like, if you just boil Kyrie down to who he is as a person, there's really not a lot to, like, hate and belittle there. Like, it's just kind of like these basketball storylines. And then when he takes it to, like, a more societal standpoint, it's like, what are you going to say about this? Like, it's a, it's a logo on a court and, like, throwing a bottle at someone. Yeah, but what does that logo represent, you know? Does that piss you off, Kyrie? Does that logo piss you off? Is that the old white guy? Does that stand for something else in your through your eyes? I mean, that's I, I can't help but go that I can't help but go down that road with him. Well, that's where it gets difficult to evaluate well, no what his can. intentions. No are. You can't yeah. evaluate. Is it an F no Boston? Can ask him that question because now you know after what happened, that's a that's a move point. You know. Yeah. No, that's a good point, Joe. Swift. It'll come around. Yeah, it'll, it'll come around eventually. A day later, someone's going to ask exactly what that was about. I can't wait for that answer. Yeah, what he's going to say is, <laughs> no, I was going gonna to have... be that though. It's going to be like a, it's going to be like a special, like a, like a. What ESPN, he's going like to say, Jackie Max going to have it or something. It's going to be like over during the off season. Nah. He was going to have court to soon. He's going to pretend he didn't do it. Oh, he's he, gonna, oh, he, he, oh, he, he was slamming on the brakes. He was like, oh, I was, I was going to, I was, I was going to suck it on my shoe. Something was stuck in my shoe. Yeah. I was gonna say, so, I was I gonna say, just, just, always, him, yeah, right when you just, were checking out for the night, yeah, or leaving. He should for just, the game. he should just, just be the bad guy then. If, if you want to be the bad guy in Boston, then just yeah. own it. You know, you want to stomp on the logo. It's on the same. Fans thing are gonna let you hear it. You know, obviously, fans, fans are fans. Like they're gonna let you hear it, but you know, obviously, you want to keep it in bounds. But when you do stuff like that, you can't expect it to go unnoticed. You know, you're doing it so it, it doesn't go unnoticed. That's kind of Kyrie's thing, and that this is a maddening thing about Kyrie in general, is right. the, oh, what, me? You know, like, that right. to do the thing and to put it out there and to know that it's going to make waves and to know that people are going to take it a certain way and then act like they're the ones with the problem. Like, you right. guys are trying to make something. And that goes back to the All-Star Game conversation. Oh, what? You guys are just... You, yeah. you're is the internet real life to you? Right. Is the internet real? I can't talk <laughs> with my friends. That's right. <laughs> no, you were conspiring to leave. You know. Right. But I live in reality. But it's like uh, Kyrie. But in reality, you you did. You this this goes back to exactly that. Exactly what we said. <laughs> this yeah, goes back we, to that thing, John, about uh, when he referred to himself as an artist. Like that's sort of you. You see how that's sort of how he goes about everything. You said it three times be- in those quotes we just heard too. Uh, you know, when we're out there, the artist at a higher yeah, level, Chuck, he really believes basketball Chuck, is this thing. Chuck's that's reaction like, to that was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. For him, him in particular, because that's how he carries player, himself. What, you're just a basketball player, man. Like, come on. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we always ask, because we're, we're, we're used to athletes, like, putting it out there and saying it like it is and, like, just being very straightforward with things. With him, like, he just leaves stuff out for evaluation and interpretation and – like, I think that's frustrating, especially, like, in the news context, because, like, you want to have an answer for, like, what he does, why yeah. you want to do it, and what do you want to get out of it. He says yeah. something intentionally ambiguous, and then he, he makes shits you on you for guessing what he means. Because exactly. he provides but at you the no same clarity. time, you, you can evaluate the intent there, because a lot of times it feels like he does something to get a reaction that, like, shows somebody's ass, and it ends up working for him a lot of the time, because I, you do get the sense that he's smart. 
Like he is a smart person who understands like the way like this sports environment. He's a smart works. person around not smart people. Yeah. I, like I think he thinks he's a lot smarter than he is. Okay, mm-hmm. like uh, let's, so let's let's not overdo. No, it like he that. understands like the dynamic of sports and how it's like separated from like societal norms. Sure, so he's he's so smart. Maybe. he thinks the world is flat. He's a guy. He's a kid. He's a freaking sixteen-year-old who got high for the first time and thinks like the thoughts he's thinking are the <laughs> no, first. But remember the, whole the flat first air. person in history who's ever thought these things, and we're like, yeah. we've all thought these well, things. Like, the flat things not, it's not that abstract, dude. Right, you know. Right. Yeah, I watched that same YouTube video, bro. Oh my god, I'm so smart now. You know, (laughs) like I thought one of the more personable things he said that year was Uh, when he was like, "You guys have done it, right? You You ever go on YouTube? You go down a wormhole?" I'm like, "Yes, we've all done that. That's exactly what we were thinking." Did he say that? We weren't quite sure. People have been doing for the last year. Exactly. We weren't quite sure if you realized that people do that. Like that was the whole joke. Like, like you know, we've all sort of gone down that conspiracy theory about a, a bunch of different things on YouTube and. Yeah. To go out and use, you know, obviously Kyrie's platform is different, you know, than ours. But to, to go out and, and push it the way he did, I mean, that's what made us all like, wait, is this guy serious right now? Like, mm-hmm. we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Who was an, it that said? He's an interesting guy. I mean, there is no – how many people in sports have been this invigorating to talk about? Very this, few. This is a pretty good one. Oh, the Jared Leto of the NBA. Yeah, that's that pretty good. Perfect. Jared Leto is tough to man. <laughs> he's so he's so deep. He's such a, you know. Jared Leto. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, crap. Jared Leto will tell you how smart he is for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing is, know. you can be I'll smart. I'll take Jalen. You... I'll, I'll take a I'll take, I'll take a long conversation with Jalen Brown over Kyrie in terms of talking about that kind of stuff. I don't know. That's just me though. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move off Kyrie. I think people want to get back to the game. Look, it's an impossible. It's an impossible topic not to discuss, and we'll go over it again, just so it's clear. Can't throw shit. Guy was arrested. Guy's going to be banned. He absolutely yeah. should be. So should everybody else. Right. Freaking clean it up. If any of you guys went to the game or are going to any games, Jesus Christ, right. don't freaking throw shit. Just go cheer and go boo and just enjoy the What's game. What's wrong with man? a good boo? I love fans. a good boo. We got fans back. It's the first 17,000 get to go in. We haven't gotten to do this in 400 and something days. Just go to the right. game. But and I'm not understanding, like, game. what's the point? Like, what is the point? Wait, you're going to go viral? Yeah. In today's world, someone's going to identify you. Someone's going to freaking be like, wait, I know this guy. And the police are going to catch up to you. Like, I just don't see the logic behind it. What? Were you, were no you about to hurt Kyrie? Like, did you really think you were going to hurt him? And if so, like, that's even worse. Like, to me, well, the consequences need to, to me, get it's the high. attention. It looked like the guy wanted to get attention more than anything. What is and he doing it for? Don't do it. It's stupid. He's it probably really drunk. He's just an idiot. Like we, we, and, we're trying and, to. In today's world, you're not going to get away with something like that. It's just not going right. to happen. Joe Sway's going to film this shit, and <laughs> you're going to jail. <laughs> get I'm going to record you, send it to everyone, and then I'm going to do my report. Like that's going to happen. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you're not slick. Joe Sway's going to get the BPD email. <laughs> there you are. Oh. Yeah, as soon as I get yeah. that email, I'm sending it to you guys. Whatever. The other the thing guys, is, is, like, I also don't want to do a get, report outside the courtroom. I don't want it to sound like we're scolding fans. Like, this is one idiot. And, you know, not all idiot. fans. Just what are you doing? This I guy. Know. Right. Yeah, this guy's a freaking moron. But everyone watching, like, doesn't need to be told not to throw shit. Like, I, I think everyone, I would hope, is, you know, mature enough to be able to attend a sporting event and treat human beings like human beings. Yeah. But we're seeing this week that's not the case. And it's like, why, why, 
That's what we're trying to figure out, the mindset behind that. J- Jason Tatum, 18,000 people, in, just to go what you're saying, 18,000 people in the building. I guess every arena there are a few bad seeds. I don't want to overshadow the rest of the fans who came and supported us tonight. Exactly. Obviously, there's no place for this. So, again, whatever. I mean, we know it. You know it. The consequence is going to be ramped up. I mean, usually it's just a ban for life, which is like, how can they even enforce No, they're that? right. Harden said you that tonight. Somebody stuff. said that tonight. Somebody said that tonight. It's That's not enough. No, there's going to be prosecution, as there should be. And Trey Young had the uh, choice to charge the fan who spit on him and declined to, probably just because of the notion that he'd be coming down too hard on a guy over something minor. But at the end of the day, if you want this to stop, there's going <laughs> yeah, to be serious law. consequences. I, well, I want to throw something else out, okay? Because this is this pisses me off a lot. Like, you're from Boston. You're a Celtics fan. Okay, and you understand everything that's been said and and all of the heat that the city is getting. And a lot of it is justified. Okay, and and you're going to go there and think that what this is a good idea. That's what I was saying earlier. How do you not hear everything that's going on? What do you get out of it? And do you realize the the long-term consequences and the shit that you're causing by doing stuff like this? Each individual who does this, it's bigger than you, Dick. Like You're causing massive ripples here and doing a bunch of – like. Uh, doing a ton of Did harm we, like to the city, to you, to the franchise, to everything. If you're a Celtics fan from Boston and you take pride in either of those things, doing that literally is a reason why you might never get someone to come play here again. Like, what are you doing? Man, like, yeah. wake up, point. man. That's a great point, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, wake up, you idiot. That's yeah. the type of shit that goes viral and everyone will be like, I'm never going to that friggin' city to play, right. ever. You think other NBA yeah, players thanks, are looking Joe at that Sway. video? <laughs> thanks a lot, bro. So you think other NBA agency. players are looking at that video and being like, man, I can't believe Kyrie. You know, that's a storied franchise over there. I can't believe he stepped on that logo. No, they're like, oh, man, maybe he was right. You know, how bad is Boston? Oh, again, how it. much better are those fans if, if they just feel like they can just chuck things at people just because, they're, they're, you know, they're upset yeah. with the outcome of the game. Anyway, sorry. People here kind of want us to move on and talk about the game again. It's hard to uh, skip a. T- First of all, the game's a freaking blowout, and the series is over. Yeah. Done. We're done <laughs> talking about to the say? game. KD, Irving, and Harden. Great. Oh my God. The We've been talking good. about the game for an hour. Like, there's only so much yeah. to say. They, Come they, on, Celtics. Bring the bring the. Well, let's, uh, back what, to what's the come in let's this go. series? Is it? Is this it now? Is this just how it's going to go, or is there another chance now in Game Five to maybe get a slow performance from Kemba's yeah. probably not they won, back. they won their game. Yeah, we did Kemba. Look, we did Kemba, and we did, um, you know, we did Fournier a little bit. And we talked about the game, and, you know, like I said, you know, Bobby was slightly encouraged. Jimmy still thinks we got punked. Um, I think we'll take it to the locker room uh, and continue on there uh, probably pretty soon. And let, we'll hear from you guys. We've probably done enough um, yeah. talking oh. here. So, yeah, we'll take some time. Joe Sway and I will take some questions here. We'll do that. Then. Yeah, I want to keep it clean, please. Okay, we're going to go to the locker room. We hear what your th- thoughts about the game. If you have something on Kyrie stuff you know, or in the fans and the situation here that's obviously been a huge problem for the NBA, for sports, for Boston, for everything, obviously we can talk about that as well. Talking about Kemba, big problems um, and a big. big concern. We only spent a teeny bit of time on it. But I thought that sucked. Everyone thinks you're hotboxing, Bobby. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. The light, the light makes it look like you've just there's a bong hit's been settling at about. about I think it's level. Uh, oh, it does look like that. Yeah. Yeah. That that the it's bong smoke just kind of sat there and it never moved. Dense. You know? Yeah, I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a hot location here. Let's just say. Yeah, shut up! Shut up! Is Dennis for using that instead of uh, what's the other one? Fishbowl. There's a big debate about that. I don't know. Oh yeah, I haven't heard some that. Some people debate. say fishbowl. Some people say hot, but hotbox is the more popular. I, I, I used to say oh. hotbox. Not anymore. People, people would be surprised. <laughs> sure, yeah, Jimmy. no, no. <laughs> Jimmy's back. Word. Dude, Dude, I'm struggling. Jimmy, we I'm missed you. i a little bit today, boys. Weekend in Nantucket. Guys, Tuesday could be the last. About that in locker room. Tuesday could be the last show of the season. No, the last. It'll be the last regular season show. Post game <laughs> show. Playoff show. This could have been drunk, Jimmy tonight. This is hungover, Jimmy. Is what this we is. We could if if Jimmy <laughs> if Jimmy hopped on Friday at any point in time, you would have really seen Jimmy. Oh God, I actually thought about it because they won. I was like, I should totally just call in. I like, thought you were going to come right. I wasn't going to let you in. <laughs> no, I I thought better of it. Yeah, I thought twice. Yeah, yeah. The angel popped up on Jimmy. I don't want to get canceled. Like, nah, Jimmy, I don't want to get do canceled. So a fan in Boston has been arrested and banned for life already. And again, is that enough? We'll we see. We'll see what the charges are. Yeah, that's there's no. Uh, there's no what is it, the holiday tomorrow, so if I'm not mistaken, that, that guy's sticking around. He's going to be locked up until Tuesday, huh? Is that, <laughs> is that, isn't that how it works or no? We're not working. What a They're not gig, working man. Monday. Put the, bail, put the bail way up. Just to, just to he can't see the judge him. tomorrow, so he's got to wait till Tuesday. You're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dink. Enjoy it. Enjoy the clink. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Hope it was worth it. For real. jeez. Oh, I wonder what that first phone call sounded like, or the one phone call then. Yeah, it's it's messy out there, but um, again, yeah, it's too you bad. Could, you could feel it too. It's, it's too it's bad. Was, we made we made through stuff in the beginning. We made through two entire games after that good discussion there, and maybe Boston stepping up to the plate in terms of behavior there in the crowd, and then as everybody's exiting the floor at the last final second, it happened, which is just brutal, but. Again, yeah. people people got to rethink this stuff, how we act in the crowd and how we yeah, interact yeah. with athletes. And again, that's been a story for a long time. Kyrie's right. Like, malice at the palace. Like, Max and uh, Bob McAdoo talking about what used to happen to them at games. Like, it's just it, – it's ingrained in sports, especially basketball. Like, this closeness between the fans and the players and the notion that you can just kind of do anything when you want to get in there. It's uh, – it's something we have to rethink. People have been throwing stuff on the field at baseball games for a long friggin' time too, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's a, it's um, the 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 problem with the NBA fans. is how friggin' close people are. They're right on top of you, you know. Yeah, it's um, the only sport that's like that. It's the only sport that's like that. They have yeah. access to you, you know. Right. Like mm-hmm. hockey, you've got boards, you know. Like obviously, there's some barriers, and baseball's right. a little further back. They are friggin' Soccer, on top. Like- of you. Soccer, that's like 15 feet between the crowd. Yeah, good and luck the, trying the to line. do anything right. The football stadium, you're way in the back. And, and again, people you get do. Shit, they try. You get you shit know? in the end zone. <laughs> you see yeah. them get tackled. They don't even get close before they, you know, maybe yeah. one lucky guy will get just onto the field and then someone will tackle them. Yeah. This is dangerous because they're right on top of you. Uh, the links are in the chat, so we're going to go to locker room now uh, and hear whatever you want. Um, Jimmy, you coming? I'm going to swing by, yeah. I'm All right, let's do it. Jimmy, you and me, we'll head now and we'll talk. So, guys, right. jump on in there. All right, we'll see you all soon. Let me see what we got. Bobby, you got control? Yes, I have full control. Full control. Watching, All right. I'm going to change the graphic here for you, and I am out of here uh, as what well. We All right, guys. We'll see you. Tuesday? <laughs> <Game> four- <laughs>
Tuesday. Game five is Tuesday. <laughs> Let's go back to Brooklyn. Right. Later, guys. Oh, man. All right. So, well, Q I'm and above you. You've been out? Got a little sun. Or is it just me? Yeah, no, I'm on a little Memorial Day trip right now uh, down south. And oh, that's, that's why. why. That's why say, we got some. Did you, where the hell did you get sun around here? I was going to say. Gotcha. We got some steaminess in the room today. I had a scary drive today. This this weather down here in the south is insane. It just turns on instant. But uh, good trip, good sun, good weekend. Good Overall, I've enjoyed too. the basketball this weekend. Yeah, man, it was a good uh, for the NBA. Good atmosphere the, in there, those two games. You got the sweep from the Bucks, man. I, I still love Philly, but oh yeah. So you want to do a little? You want to do a little around the league stuff around the East, especially Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee's sweeping. It tough. Yeah, man. The, Miami. Yeah, after that rough series last year where things got funky in the bubble, and Hero went off, and Robinson went on his ride, and Bam and Jimmy had that connection, and just everything went wrong on the Milwaukee side. The Drew Holiday upgrade and all the other additions that they've made to that team, Bobby Porters and others, it really looked at, have them looking like a powerhouse right now. And now they are just waiting, sitting pretty for the Nets, who might have to go one more game, two more games. Who knows? But as I've right. said about Brooklyn, their defense worries me. And again tonight, getting lit up for 126. Can they just outscore everybody every single game? I don't think that's certain as you start to go against some better teams, especially Milwaukee yeah. next. I just think it's going to be, yeah, because that's the that's the team when we talk about old Philly too. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, you, you can't overlook Steve Nash and where he comes from and his background and how I, I think he believes that. He comes from the school of Dan Tony, where, you know, he's not – I don't want to say that he doesn't believe in defense, but he thinks that if you're – you know, if you have the weapons to do so, that you can outscore another team. And, and, and obviously the Brooklyn Nets do have that. But it's going to be interesting because with the Milwaukee Bucks, like how good is this team when the three-pointers aren't falling? You know, obviously in that first-round matchup against the Miami Heat, that was a big part of their offense. Giannis and, and having Drew Holiday obviously is a big part of that. You know, they didn't have them last year. So I, I think that does give them a, a, an edge. But um, I, I don't know. I just – I, I still like the Nets in, in, in that matchup, but it's going to be interesting. And then you got you that you got the, uh, the 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 Sixers was most likely going to be waiting for them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think, I think we're going to see Philly and, and Brooklyn. I, I'm still holding on to that to that prediction. I, I think no matter who wins that Milwaukee Brooklyn series, it's going to be such a grind. Similar to how Toronto Boston was last year on the other side of the second round, the seven games, the overtime games, the grueling matchups. The fact that Kevin Durant will probably have to guard Giannis in there, that could end right. Brooklyn or that could completely exhaust Brooklyn. And all of a sudden, Philly, I like what the Hawks are doing right now. I think Philly could clean up the Hawks fairly quickly just with their defense and intensity and their length on the wings and their switchability and all that stuff. So, again, this is why I felt like that one seed was so important. Philly's going to blow through the Wizards. Philly's probably going to blow through the Hawks. And they're just going to be waiting there for an exhausted team in the East Finals. Like I am, I'm ready to say that the 76ers are going to be in the NBA Finals this year. I think they have the defense. I think oh, they have shit. the star. I thought you liked the Bucks. No, you did like Philly. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah. No, with that one seed, I mean, not I saw, the Bucks. Excuse me. I thought you you still like the Nets though to go to the finals, right? I think they'll get through the Bucks, like very in a very close series, just because of the firepower that they have, but. I think once they run into a really good defense in Philly, home court in Philly, uh, 
you know, a, a center that they really can't match up with in Embiid. That series has worried me for the Nets for a little while now. And, you know, one team is the best defensive team in basketball, I think, at Philly. And one, I don't, I'm not even sure can defend at all in Brooklyn. So yesterday, or Friday in particular, made me very concerned about the Nets in the long run here. Now you get the Jeff Green injury and other things going on too. You still feel good about them getting to the finals? I do. I do, man. As long as these three are, are, are putting on 100 points. You know, if this was not a series format, I'd be like, yeah, you can beat this team on a given night. Obviously, yeah. someone proved that a couple nights ago. But in the best of seven series, you know, I just think it's going to be tough. I think Philly's defense is what gives them a significant edge. Obviously, Embiid, MVP Embiid, whether he gets it or not, he certainly can in it this year. He's been balling out. And then you got the shooters. I mean, there's just so, like, you have the depth. And I just think they're so dynamic in, in, in their offense. And of, and, of course, that defense can buckle down and hold this team to under 120. I guess it's the round. I don't know exactly what it is, that they, the magic number for this team. But either way, I just think Philadelphia is a team that can really shut this team down or at least in spurts or when it matters the most and has enough offensive firepower to counteract those three, those the, the Nets, Brooklyn's big three. So that's that's basically what's going on in the East here. Three teams Talk about these guys motivated, man. I, I, I didn't. I mean, I anticipated it for the for the other guys, for the for the for the, the stars, the ones that, that truly matter. But I think he's got everyone on the same page, you know, from one through nine, you know, the rotation. I, I'm interested in seeing the West too. I mean, we got the Mavs and Clippers playing right now. That series got thrown for a loop very early. Uh, Clippers barely saved themselves in that game three. They went down big early in that one. I think it was thirty to eight early in that one, or twelve rather. Yeah. Uh, they came back. George and Kawhi played brilliant basketball. Luca was throwing it back like these. George, that was that was George the best playoff the, game. Yeah, he went off in the first half. Like that's the sort of like you know, I'm pretty critical with him just because I feel like he he had a lot to prove this year, and I don't know whether it's just. Uh, I mean, he he proved that he is who he is, right? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I just felt like he thought that he could be a bit of a playmaker and take on this. A lot of uh, these responsibilities that Doc may have been saying two years ago that he's just not that guy. So uh, I think it made Doc look like it was like he was right in the sense of he tried to take on too much and then had to, the team eventually did the right thing and got someone like Rondo to help facilitate and, and take that on. And obviously it took off a whole lot of workload or at least a good amount of that workload for, for Paul George. I don't know why they avoided the Clippers the way they did for the Mavs. Uh the Mavs are really tough. Like in signing the Mavs, Luca is just insane. Yeah. The step backs, the shots in the lane, the creation ability from him. He was absolutely brilliant in that game three, but he had to go one against two. And that's ultimately why they lost there. That series is going to go seven. And again, after that much of a grind, remember these two teams went seven last year. And then ultimately the Clippers fell apart in round two. I think it's so underrated in the playoffs how those long, grueling series. When you run into another team that's going to be relatively fresh, like I think they're going to play the Jazz next, right? So yeah. the Jazz are going to get through the Grizzlies in five here, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much People further the Clippers worry. can get. You know People what I think's going to end up happening in the West, uh, Joe Slade? That's surprising. Sherrod actually threw this out first. You might see a team like the Jazz end up winning the West just because of their path. And you know the Lakers are banged up. The Clippers don't look fully loaded and prep for a big run. So you might see that Jazz or. Who knows? Maybe even the Suns get through if they can get by the yeah. Lakers here. That's my pick. I like the Suns, but yeah, the Jazz could do it. You think the Suns got the Lakers here? I'm that was my prediction from the beginning, and I'm going to stick with it. I just don't know how much Chris Paul has left in him, and I I, I would hate to see 
a series play out, whether it's game seven or game six, a crucial series where he's he's ruled out or he has to leave the game in the second or third quarter. Unfortunately, that that still might happen, but they're he's great. Gonna, he's going to fight. Exactly. They're such a great team and he's going to fight to the end. But, you know, those 12 to 10 foot jumpers that he's been draining all season long. I mean, he has to continue at that rate. What a humongous win for these guys. Tie up that series. I mean, it's a, it's a whole new series, you know, so as they say, year after year, whenever a, a team comes back from an 0-2 deficit just to tie it up, I mean, it's a brand new series. So it's, I like their chances, but again, Chris Paul, how much you get from him is going to ultimately, you know, decide it. And now Davis's health is in flux as well. So that's another question for the Lakers. It's just injury after yeah. injury for them. I know KCP got banged up in the uh, game three. And now you have an even series there with Denver-Portland as well. The West just feels so wide open, like one to six. And that is just a great thing for this league, I'd say. Like you you have such an open postseason field right here. And who knows? You might be right. The Nets' big three might just be the, the fact that it's the only big three in basketball right now in terms of superstars. That might get them by pretty much anybody at this point. And the West might be so grueling that when they get there, it might be a little bit of an easier ride for them to get through. But they, we have to see them face real adversity first. And uh, right now, I think the Celtics have showed them some mild punches. And it's actually ended up being a fairly competitive series because of that. It's 3-1, to one, but ultimately, I think the Celtics have won quite a few quarters here. Uh, so who knows? It could be a game six here. I'll give them a shot. You think this is over on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, probably. I know I said that earlier. I was just it's more of a wishful thinking. I'm well, still we might as well. Kemba game, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm. It's not happening. I'm still, yeah, it's not happening. I mean, this. Uh, I'm still call me crazy, but I, I still think we, we would have gotten that tonight if he, if he's healthy. I don't know if that means that they, they win it, but <laughs> it would have really put them in a good yeah good position to. And again, what I mean by a Kemba game is 21, 22. I'm not saying it's going. Come out here and drop 40. I just I just think he had that in him. But injuries, like you say, man, it's been happening all across the league. And you know, obviously he's been dealing with dealing with it all year long for the Celtics with the Celtics. All right. So that is our show. We will be back on Tuesday, as promised. Brooklyn back in New York City again for this game. Celtics next game five. Uh, because of the great win on Friday. And again, credit to Jason Tatum, who I just saw 90 oh, points in game Even three, game one. four. Yeah, 90 Impressive. between these two. Uh, he reached a new level this year that I think is worthy of some admiration through tough circumstances here, playing with Grant and Pritchard and all these guys now with two of his stars out and his center as well. He's basically alone out there doing all that. So, Bobby, he uh, dropped 50 on Durant. He's never going to forget that. I think good that's fight. A huge, that's a Real huge, good uh, fight. Momentum builder for his career, if you, if you will, so to speak. You know? All right. So, yeah, we'll talk about over on Locker Room. What's it mean for him is the Heat – Dialed down on Brad a little bit. We haven't talked a lot about Brad, but I'm sure people will be talking about it again here. Is it higher or lower after the series, seeing how they were able to compete here and imagining how it would look when it was healthy? And then, of course, we'll talk about the team as well, the roster with Ain. We always do over there on Locker Room. So uh, come chat with us over there. John and Jimmy are already rolling, so you can jump right in the room. And Joe Sway and I will be there in just a minute. And we'll see you all back here on Tuesday. I think this is the first game of the series where all five of us are going to be on this show. So... A uh, ton to talk about if this is the end of the season. Uh, there's quite a few questions going into this offseason and finally a long offseason ahead for this group. Uh, unless Tatum goes to the Olympics, Joe Sway, then it's just going to keep rolling. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's for, true. For Bobby Manning, Joe Sway Pavone, uh, John Zanis, and Jimmy Toscano, this is the Celtics Post Game Show, and we'll see you Tuesday. See you Tuesday, guys.